I don't know if it changed my perception, but I just, it's just interesting. I was actually thinking about this today, like how after you, people start to see your opinions and enough people see them, mm -hmm. they start to hold them in higher regard to other people's opinions. And all of a sudden you have this like authority quote, like around yourself within the fandom and people look up to you, which is kind of weird because I would be the first one to admit that I'm no expert. Station. I'm Brandon T. McClure with you as always on this journey through your podcaster's favorite fandom. This week I'm joined by Brandon Jacobs from the Up From The Depths YouTube channel. This is not a podcast. This is pretty exciting for me because I've been a fan of this guy's podcast. Did it already. This guy's YouTube channel uh, since a couple years ago when I just stumbled upon it. Um, he has a great YouTube channel called Up From The Depths which talks about all things giant monsters. Um, he's got many reviews and video essays and things of the like um, where he talks about giant monsters from Japan and even some of our classic giant monsters, the, uh, the American ones, I should, I should say. This was a fun conversation. I was really happy to get him on because, um, like I said, I'm just a fan of him. Like A lot of this show is me being like, hey, I'm a fan of you. Can you come on and... and uh, more more people say no but some have said yes and it's been really great to talk to them about it about fandom and, and the like um he there's some pauses in this episode and i just want to be clear i left them in not because i'm not a great audio editor um it was actually a deliberate choice because i found that he was a very thoughtful person um much more thoughtful than he comes off in his YouTube channels. Not to say he doesn't come off thoughtful in his YouTube channels. He's just reading from a script. And here he really took his time to think about the answer and um, what uh, what exactly the answer could be to the questions I was asking. And and um, we even uh, uh, do some diverging into just talk about kaiju. For example, we talk about Daimajin, which I just got the box set that I'm that I mentioned in this episode. Uh, we talked about Gamera. Um, he is a kaiju fan and I am too. So I, I took the opportunity to geek out about kaiju uh, stuff with him. That was fun. I found this episode delightful. Hope you guys will too. Um, and really, I think that's all I really have to say on this end. Make sure to check out his, his YouTube channel. Um, it is down, it is linked below. Um, other than that, uh, I think that says it all. So here it is. Without further ado, here's Brandon Jacobs from the Up From The Depths YouTube channel. Okay, I am here with Brandon Jacobs from the Up From The Depths YouTube channel. Uh, how are you, sir? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. Great. Um, I, I told you before we started recording, but I'm a big fan of your channel, so I'm really excited that we have the chance to talk finally. Thank you. I appreciate it. Um, okay, so what I like to do is I like to kind of give people kind of a, a, a background of your own personal history and fandom. So why don't you tell the audience a bit about your, your YouTube channel and then kind of how you uh, got, how you were interested in fandom prior to your YouTube channel. Yeah, um, my YouTube channel is called Up From The Depths. Um, it's focused on... Uh, like Japanese giant monster films, although originally it was 
specifically about Godzilla, and that tends to be what I focus on the most. But since then, I've branched out to kind of giant monster movies in general. Mm-hmm. And so usually I I like review films, do film essays, um, top tens, stuff like that. And um, I'm sorry, what was the second part of the question? So before you, uh, before you started your YouTube channel, uh, how did you interact with uh, fandom? Um, my, uh, like connection to the Kaiju fandom before my YouTube channel was actually pretty minuscule, I'll mm-hmm. admit. Um, uh, like when I was a kid, uh, most of, I didn't really know anybody else that was into Godzilla or giant monster stuff really. So it was mostly kind of just myself. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, once, uh, I kind of had a bigger presence online, um, I have other interests, so I tended to more focus more on that stuff. And then, you know, I through mutual like mutually uh, mutual interests with other people that I knew online, I discovered some people that that were into Godzilla and giant monsters. But for the most part, it was pretty uh, pretty minuscule. It wasn't until I started my YouTube channel that I started becoming like part of the fandom, I guess, sure. so to speak. Um. I don't know. I don't know how old you are. Um, so were it was was it like message boards or were you online at all listening to podcasts? Like what were you interested in through there? Um, yeah, um, I'm like in my early 30s, so I was kind okay. Of there same age the, then. Yeah, when the internet really started becoming like a big thing, I guess. Mm-hmm. So I was like a member of certain forums. Um, when I was a teenager, I was mostly involved in like alien and predator forums like alien versus oh, yeah. predator, Ga- abp galaxy and alien experience and that's how i met some uh friends of mine who were also into godzilla there's actually somebody that i kind of reconnected with recently who i met through those forums and now recently discovered that they like godzilla too and they're doing their own stuff so oh that's um, cool yeah uh it's always fun when you discover that you have more than just one interest with somebody yeah, I remember back in the early days of the internet, there was a Dragon Ball Z website that was updated maybe six months, maybe every six months, maybe every year. Um, and that was really just how I was interested in Dragon Ball Z was through that website. Uh, uh, do you know the remember the name of the website by chance? Because I'm also into Dragon Ball, so I might have... Uh... Oh, I don't remember. I think it was just DragonBallZ.com, honestly. Okay. Um, yeah, I, I just remember... There was one called like Hyper Dragon Ball, and like there's a lot of fan websites back then yeah I, I, well this was the official one and so like this is how yeah. i knew that they were like episodes coming for like the majin Buu saga and whatnot yeah, i remember that yeah um yeah that was that was a crazy time people don't remember a lot of it anymore because of how prevalent the internet is uh that you know before all you really had was a website and maybe a message forum yeah and i don't i don't know how you feel but i feel like I don't know, maybe it's just nostalgia, but I feel like it was more personal back then. I don't know. I mm-hmm. just don't feel connected with people like I did back then when you had the forums and you really had like real conversations with people. And nowadays, I don't know, maybe I'm just being an old cynic, but no, that's 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 what we're that's what this show is about. Is that is that kind of feeling? I want to get into that in a bit, but I want to I want to ask you one more question before we do. Um, how did what led you to your YouTube channel? Um, I. In 2016, um, I'd always been interested in doing a YouTube channel because, I don't know, I just always liked the idea. I've, 
I'm a bit of a movie guy and I always imagine myself making films that never panned out. I mean, I made some short stuff, embarrassing stuff in high school, but other than that, didn't we all? Yeah. Uh, but other than that, it didn't really pan out. Um, but I have my opinions on films and I always like the idea of putting them out there and having people see them. So for a long time, I had aspirations to do YouTube, but it wasn't until 2016 that I actually pulled the trigger and it was originally just a channel that was focused on film and video game analysis, and it could be whatever I wanted to talk about. So I'd cover anything from Dragon Ball to Game of Thrones to Rick and Morty to Alien sure. to Mass Effect, all kinds of stuff. But because I was covering such a broad range of topics, nobody was really seeing my content. It was very kind of eaten up by all the other uh, channels out there because the broader topics that you cover the more voices there are to it and so it's hard right. to be heard so i mean one of my videos i did on that my first channel was about shin godzilla and it was like a 23 minute like breakdown of why the movie is so great and it was one of my most popular videos so eventually in 2018 i want to say i kind of had the epiphany of well, why don't i start a godzilla specific youtube channel that way it's something that i'm interested in but because it's more niche and specific my voice can be heard a little bit more. Right. And so I did that throughout 2018 and through the beginning of 2019, I started like going through all the Godzilla movies, doing one a week to kind of put out consistent content to play to the YouTube algorithm. Mm -hmm. And then eventually by when, by the time King of the Monsters was coming out in 2019, uh, one of my videos kind of exploded and I got a lot of views and all of a sudden like a huge spike in subscribers and views and, my channel kind of took off ever since. That's, I think, probably when I discovered your channel is around the time King of the Monsters was coming out. Um, yeah, I remember I remember finding your channel, and uh, uh, I was like, oh my god, this is someone who thinks like me about the Hasey Godzilla series. Um, which I, I didn't know that the kaiju fandom just doesn't really like, care for that series. Yeah, I know. That's, that's something I've discovered over time, too, is that I just remember always thinking, like, you know, that was... Like, I don't want to say the best, but in my opinion, it was the one that I kind of held up. I always liked the show of films, but I guess when yeah. you're young, you tend to like the newer stuff more than the older stuff. And back in the late 90s and early 2000s, the Hasey stuff was the new stuff. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, since then, it's gotten people have gotten a lot more critical about it. And a lot of the criticisms are uh, have merit to them. But yeah, um, I get it. I've seen some of it and I get it. I just. Yeah, but I'll, I'll always like them. Yeah. Even Space Godzilla. <laughs> I love Space Godzilla for a long time was my favorite. I'll be honest. Hey, I watched it a lot when I was young, so that says something. Yeah. Um, so now that you've started this and your your channel got big, um, you I'm sure now people kind of look to you for like um, I always call it like a leader in fandom. I know that's not necessarily what it is, but like people look to you for your voice now. Um, how did that change your perception of fandom? Um. I don't know if it changed my perception, but I just, it's just interesting. I was actually thinking about this today, like how after you, people start to see your opinions and enough people see them, mm -hmm. they start to hold them in higher regard to other people's opinions. And all of a sudden you have this like authority quote, like around yourself within the fandom and people look up to you, which is kind of weird because I would be the first one to admit that I'm no expert. 
I, I do my research as best I can when I'm like talking about what I'm talking about. Like when I covered the Godzilla films, I would research them a bit before I did my reviews so I could provide a little backstory. Mm-hmm. But I'm by no means an expert. I don't know the intricate details of the making of, you know, the Showa films. And I couldn't name everybody, everybody that was involved or anything like that. So I think it's just interesting that people think of me as some kind of like authority within the fandom when I really just feel like a guy who happens to put his opinions out there. Yeah. That's an interesting dichotomy that you have that you stumbled on there. Um, Cause you start to think that like people are coming to you for your opinions and it's, and it's so weird uh, because yours, nothing really changes for you. Yeah. My like, life not is, really. is very no- normal. I don't like, aside from doing stuff like this, I, I live a normal life like everybody else. Like, yeah. I'm nothing special. But it's almost like celebrity status, right? Yeah, in its own little way. Yeah, it does. Yeah, uh, I just think that's such that's such an interesting thing. It can oftentimes change people's um, perception of, of fandom. I've talked to many people who are far more famous than I am, um, and they and they've uh, they kind of look at it like like all of a sudden they feel like they need to be an authority. They need to be uh, knowledgeable of it all. Like, I, I don't know if you're familiar with Ken Knapsack. Yeah. Um, I've, I've watched less so now, but I used to watch screen junkies a lot. So I saw him on like movie fights and stuff. Yeah. I interviewed him a couple episodes back. He's a really good friend of mine. Um, and he, but he talked about like, it's kind of the pressure of constantly needing to know everything about star Wars. Yeah, I try not to, well, I guess I try not, not to let that get to me, but at the same time, it's really not that hard because, again, I don't I don't really push myself to try to be an authority. I just make the content that I want to make and people can make of it what they want to. Right. Uh, do you ever get people like emailing you or messaging you or just tweeting at you, asking you for your opinion on something? Oh, yeah, like all the time. A lot of times I'll just get random DMs in Twitter that are just like, what's your opinion on this? I'm like, <laughs> yeah, to DM me just to know that. I don't know. It's just, it's when just Godzilla funny. when Godzilla versus Kong comes out, where you, you just like inundated with a bunch of like things like, what do you think of Godzilla versus Kong? What do you think of Godzilla versus Kong? Um, surprisingly, I wasn't inundated with a bunch of messages or tweets or anything like that, but people were waiting for the review or to know my opinion about it. Like sure. that was definitely something that I heard, which I expected. And I did my best to try to get on it, but like compared to other people, at least my, I didn't make my opinion about Godzilla vs. Kong known until like I, at least well, well over a week after the movie had been out. Like I'm not as quick as other people. I wasn't able to get out there and put my opinion out, out there right away mm-hmm. just because I have other stuff going on in my life. And I really just can't like, I physically can't just do it right away. So it was a while. So, and, and there's, there really is a kind of a pressure to kind of get your opinion out there as soon as possible because there is there is a bit of a competition. It's friendly, it's, it's but you want to be one of the first people to put your opinion out there because it's part of the discourse of right. surrounding the film and you want to be a part of it as much as you can. Right. And we, we stumbled on that problem with my mothership show, The Fake Nerd Podcast. Uh, we constantly have to do the movies like the week of or else like it's just lost in the conversation. Yeah, everything's so fast now. Like, if you not, if you haven't said something about something a week later, it's almost like it's irrelevant. 
Yeah. And I, I try not to let that get to me. Um, maybe I don't get as many views as I did could have if I put my opinion on Godzilla vs. Kong, you know, the day of. But I wanted to enjoy it with other people in my life. I didn't want to push them out just so I could get a review out as soon as I could. Yeah, I get that. Um, do you ever feel kind of burnt out because of that? Like the, the pressure of getting that opinion out? Uh, yeah, I'm... I'm I would say that I've experienced burnout many times. Uh, I may have experienced it very recently even. Um, I think when that happens, I, I feel like I have to take a break, even though it does feel like maybe I'm missing out on stuff. The fear of missing out is a very uh, real thing that you feel, mm -hmm. but you kind of have to put that aside and think about yourself. So. And I have other stuff going on in my life right now, so it's kind of the perfect time to kind of disconnect from the YouTube for a little bit. So right. I'm not pushing myself to make content right now. I'm just kind of like relaxing, kind of thinking about what I'll do, you know, a month from now when I get back into things. Until then, I'm just kind of going between brainstorming and relaxing, playing Mass Effect Legendary Edition, <laughs> stuff like that. Yeah, I get that. Um, yeah, I can imagine your your channel being so niche it is, as it is. I remember when you ran out of Godzilla movies to talk about. Um, you're constantly always try having to find new avenues to keep the channel fresh, I'm assuming. Yeah, that's exactly what I'm trying to go through right now. Like, I feel like I'm in like a transitionary period right now because the MonsterVerse is at least finished. The first phase of it is finished. Um, so, and uh, Singular Point, of course, is out, and but that's going to be finished too. And I will have my opinion about that when it when it's all said and done because the english dub is coming out soon mm -hmm. um but yeah uh it it's constantly trying to figure out well what do i do next and especially with something that's niche there's only so many times you can talk about uh this specific thing before you you run out and then the question is well what do i do next so i'm at a point right now where i'm considering different things to try to both keep the channel fresh and to push myself in different avenues of creativity instead of just doing, you know, reviewing movies, maybe I can do some other things. Right. So I kind of, so try to push myself out of my comfort zone and kind of push the channel to an, uh, a new direction. Right. There are only so many giant monster movies in the world. That is true, unfortunately. But yeah. Um, okay. So earlier you said um, that the fandom doesn't feel as connected as it used to when we were younger in those message boards. Do you want to elaborate a bit on that? Yeah, I I feel like in the modern day of, of like social media, like Twitter and Facebook, it just feels like they're so ingrained in everyday modern life mm -hmm. that and the way that the social media is structured to kind of get always constantly feeding you content to react to and and all that it just doesn't feel like it's personable as the old like going to a specific website that's run by one or two people that are just running it because they're fans of something and then you then you meet people there and you you just talk about that specific thing and then from there maybe you'll branch off and discover that you like other things or that uh you have similar ways of thinking or something. And then before you know it, you've made online friends. And I just feel like it's harder to make online friends on Twitter than it was back on the old message boards. Again, I could be wrong. I'm not the most sociable when it comes to the internet, but mm -hmm. that's, I just feel like when 
looking back at the way things were back then to now, I, I just don't feel the same connection with other people that like the things that I do the way I did back then. Sure. Things felt smaller back then. Yeah. Less loud is the way yeah. I describe it. Yeah. Um, I think the closest equivalent that we have now is probably Facebook um, uh, fan pages. But even those can get just constantly thousands of people commenting on a thing. And it's just so overwhelming. Yeah, um, I don't really use Facebook that much. So I really don't have any experience with uh, Facebook groups. So I can't speak to that. But I try to avoid Facebook, if I'm going to be honest. That's fair. Uh, It is a horrible, horrible place. If I didn't have family on there, I wouldn't use it myself. Yeah, I have to use it for work other than that. Yeah. Um, No, but you're totally right about Twitter. Twitter is often seen as one of the worst social media sites um, for that very reason, because it's just a bunch of people yelling about things. Mm -hmm. And I make a conscious effort to not get involved in that stuff. Mm -hmm. So the only time I ever use it is to just post, I don't know, I just come up with like an idea or about regarding Godzilla or something. And then I like post it. And that's it. And it could just be something really simple, a GIF or something. And I try to keep it central to that and nothing else. And anytime some kind of discourse comes up, I intentionally try to stay out of it. Because not even just like any kind of moral stance on it, I'm just really not interested in fandom drama, to be honest. Mm -hmm. So I kind of keep an intentional distance with it. Do you feel disconnected from the fandom because of that? Um, maybe a little. I mean, I see uh, some people uh, making more uh, like connections with others than maybe I could. I could probably make more of an effort to connect with other people in the fandom. But I don't know. I feel like I, I do an okay job. And it's, it's, it's not something I'm, I feel like I'm super interested in doing. So mm-hmm. it doesn't really bother me too much. I just like to put whatever opinions I want to out there. And people can make of it what they will yeah i i get that you know it, it's at the end of the day you have to kind of look out for yourself yeah and if it's not if it's not making you feel good why do it yeah exactly i always try to kind of keep a separation between uh the real life and the internet life and i i don't want them to really bleed into each other too much mm-hmm. um so that's basically so basically you don't really participate in the fandom because of because of that you're not like actively seeking out other podcasters or 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 things like that you just kind of keep keep a distance um yeah i i wouldn't say i i go out of my way so i'm not approaching podcasts to beyond them or anything like that mm-hmm. mostly just because i don't i feel like i don't want to bother them oh i get uh, that yeah so i, I don't want to go out and be like can i be on your podcast or like can we collab or something i just like oh if they want to do something with me they'll approach me and people have done that so mm-hmm. and and when then when they do i try to be as accommodating as possible um yeah yeah that that's i mean that's important like you gotta you you really have to because I, I personally think fandom can be an incredibly toxic place um i talk a lot about how back in the old days when we were kids how fandom spaces were just you and your friends in the schoolyard and that was it. 
and, and that and generally you all had the same opinion or sometimes you disagreed on things but nowadays like a disagreement on the internet can blow up into this huge uh kerfuffle and it's just exhausting yeah that's precisely why i try to stay out of it because it's just i don't know especially on the internet it's like you can never change people's opinion about something people are so set in their ways mm-hmm and then you add in the passion of fans where they have an idea about what something should be. And if you deviate from that, they don't think you're a real fan or something. I've had people sure. call me not a real fan because I have different opinions. It's like I run a Godzilla YouTube channel. Like, so you're saying I do this because I'm pretending? Like, That seems like a lot of work to pretend to be a Godzilla fan. <laughs> yeah. Is it because you like the Hasey series? Is that what happened? Um, no. it uh, It's... Anytime, I guess, if I have like a somewhat controversial opinion or something that doesn't go with like the your average Godzilla fan, like I don't know, I really like I'd say Son of Godzilla is one of the best Godzilla movies ever made, in my opinion. And they'd be like, "Oh, you like you know Minya? It's one of the worst things to ever happen to the Godzilla franchise. You're not a real fan." I mean, if you like it, you're a fan. Like, I don't get the the gatekeeping. Gatekeeping never makes sense to me. Yeah, exactly. I actually had another encounter um, last year with somebody who was part of the fandom. And before that, we were on somewhat good terms. But he started ranting about how uh, after King of Monsters came out, there was fan art with Godzilla and Mothra. Um, because that movie hints at them having like a... Like a a romantic relationship, I guess, if you want to call it. A symbiotic yeah. relationship. Yes. But people capitalized on it and started making like cutesy fan art. And yeah. he just really didn't like that. And he like hated King Monsters. Well, for other reasons, but that being part of the reasons it encouraged this fan art. I'm just like, it's not hurting you. If you don't like it, don't look at it. Like people have their ways of consuming and engaging with this content. You should let them do it with however however they want to yeah it's not hurting anybody it's kind of safe it's kind of like a safe space like that's their safe space why why would you want to intrude on their space yeah exactly and i guess they people like that feel like they're intruding on their safe space like because i think that's part of gatekeeping is you don't want people that to change the the fandom and make it feel a different certain sort of way Right. So if enough normal people, quote unquote, come into the fandom, they're going to change it somehow. And yeah, it's just a weird way of thinking, because my way of thinking is that I want Godzilla to go on as long as possible, because I like it. I want there to be new content. And the more people that are engaged with the content, the more content we will get. So I want as much Godzilla and Mothra fan art as possible, because that's people engaging with the content in their own unique way yeah yeah it's it's just so that's an interesting way to look at gatekeeping by the way uh real quickly i didn't i never thought about that like it like it's people they feel like they're being intruded on their in their safe space um i never saw it like that i always kind of assumed it was like they're they feel like they need to um they feel like they need to protect the thing because they were bullied for so for so long and so they're like worried that like now that it's going mainstream it's going to be seen as trivial yeah, I think that plays into a part of a part of that is that if Godzilla, as an example, is something that you liked as a kid, but you were bullied for it, it is your own safe space. Is is something that 
you liked that gave you pleasure in a time when other pe you know, other people in your life were putting you down for it. And now all of a sudden it's becoming more mainstream and there are more people involved and they're changing it. And it no longer feels like that comfortable place that you went to to escape from the outside world because now more people from the outside world are becoming a part of it. Yeah. But you can make fandom... The thing that doesn't make sense to me about gatekeeping is that you can make fandom whatever you want it to be. If you like something from the past that's still there it's not like the thing that's coming out now is erasing it yeah exactly and i don't know i don't know i lost my train of thought <laughs> oh it's okay it happens to the best of us <laughs> um yeah i just don't i don't i don't get like the idea that I'm going to riff on something real quickly. Ken Napsok has this thing where he talks about emotional canon, where it's like it's the canon that's important to you is the only thing that should matter. And I think in that case, we should also have emotional fandom. The fandom spaces that are important to you should be the only ones that matter. And intruding on others or others intruding on yours shouldn't be shouldn't happen. You know, if if you don't like your Mothra fan art if you don't like your Mothra smooching with Godzilla fan art, but you've got your own space, you should probably stay in that space because that's where you feel welcome. That's where you feel safe. That's where you like it. And that's that part shouldn't have any bearing on what you think your fandom should be. Right, exactly. You can engage with fandom however you want. Uh, yeah. And you can be involved with the people that you want to be. And yeah, there's all different ways of engaging with, with fandoms. Um, and you should do whatever is comfortable for you. Yeah. Um, it's kind of a, an echo chamber. What I like to ask people is about, do you think finding an echo chamber for your fandom is important? Um, by echo chamber, do you mean like just having the same opinions kind of sped at you? Because when I think of the term echo chamber, it's kind of it comes with negative connotations. Yeah, I think that there's, there is the sense that it could be seen as a negative. And some people have interpreted it as such, but the way I look at it at an echo chamber is you're you're finding a positive influence in your fandom, not necessarily the same opinion being spat at you. You're finding a more positive space that makes you feel good. Whether or not you guys agree on the thing is probably not as relevant as, as what I'm talking about, you know? So like a space that kind of reflects your uh, mentality and yes. your ways of looking at the fandom specifically. And kind yes. of being engaged with it, yeah. It, I, and I, th I think that naturally happens as long as you know, I feel that's one thing that bugs me about it. Is like, I feel like you have to go out of your way to get angry about other parts of fandoms that you don't like. Like, if you don't like it, just don't engage with it and keep within your your echo chamber. And mm -hmm. yeah, the 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 thing that I I always think is important is, for example, I found your channel um and i found you to be a very positive um voice in the kaiju fandom and i gravitated towards that so i would honestly consider you part of my echo chamber because you're a voice that i that I, I always want to go to for a more positive look on something yeah and i i feel very privileged and flattered that it's a large enough echo chamber that people actually that they engage with mm -hmm. like i never imagined it would get as big as it did and i, I just think it's um I, I always have to remind myself how lucky I am. Yeah. Um, your Gamera uh, videos and uh, got me into the Gamera franchise. So I always thank you for that. 
Oh, uh, so you hadn't watched any Gamera films before? Nope. Oh, that's cool. Awesome. Yeah, and I watched your uh, I watched your Gamera films and uh, your Gamera reviews, and I was like, this is cool. I'm going to check these out. So I, I I checked them out. So did you watch the, like the Showa series first, or was it the Heisei trilogy? So I did try to watch the Showa series first. I watched the first one, um, and I, I I had a hard time getting through it, so I didn't continue with it. So I skipped to the Heisei. Yeah, that's. I think the Heisei is the best introductory like it's kind of hard to get through those older films like you, yeah yeah um yeah so I, I watched the hasty series i actually have an article coming out be- and this is partially because of you as well i have an article coming out on kaiju ramen the uh i don't know if you've heard of kaiju ramen yeah i hear i see them um i see their stuff their magazine everything promoted on twitter all the time yeah it's really cool like as somebody who subscribed to g fan back in the day uh, uh, it's always nice to see another magazine, an actual magazine. Yeah, they 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 want to kind of be like that. What G Fan was, we we talked to them on our podcast about um when when they started Kaiju and they talked about G Fan how they wanted to bring it back to that era of G Fan back in the nineties. Um, so I have an article coming out about about Gamera, um, in that in that magazine. So I'm pretty excited about that. Uh, do you mind if I ask you what it's like about specifically, or is it? that confidential well no it's not confidential i and it would actually probably be out by the time this comes out so it doesn't matter um it was about how i think gamera should be um how it's a shame that gamera is constantly seen as godzilla's like younger um oddball sibling and how he should be uh brought back in the modern era yeah, I would uh, agree with that assessment, especially because in the show series, Godzilla was actually uh, copying Gamera, uh, especially mm-hmm. in the later. Like, it was trying to be like Gamera because Gamera was actually kind of encroaching on Godzilla's territory. So yeah. they had to go, like, well, he's appealing to kids. We need to start appealing to kids. So you get films like Godzilla versus Megalon, which feels like like one of the sillier Gamera, show era Gamera films. Have you watched all the show era Gamera films, or did you, you can make it through them? I haven't made it through them yet. I am trying. Okay. There are a few like good ones in there. I think Gamma versus Barugan is surprisingly good. Like mm-hmm. even though it's actually pretty serious. Um, and then Gamma versus Jiger uh is like silly, but it's actually it has a lot of fights in it. It's not cheap like the previous ones. There's actually like fights in a city because a lot of the Gamma films would have them fight in like the ocean. Or right. in like an empty park because they didn't want to spend money on sets. This one actually had a bit of a bigger budget, so they could actually fight in a set. So there's some cool fights in it, and there's just they go inside Gamera, so it's like a journey or a fantastic voyage type uh, scenario, which is fun. It's silly but okay. fun. Yeah, I'm I'm actually right now um, thanks to a lockdown of it uh, since because you know we're still locked down. Um, I've been able to go through a lot of kaiju uh, films. They just haven't watched and i'm kind of using your videos as a list and going through them kind of one by one yeah that was always kind of my intention with the individual reviews is that people could they be could kind of be like accommodating like if somebody's going through the films they could watch my reviews before or after however they want to do it um yeah I, yeah. I found I found I, I like the idea that you could watch them beforehand. You're not really spoiled. Like I watched all the gamma reviews before I watched the movies, and it was totally fine. Yeah, the, the I've gotten a lot of comments about people watching the Heisei Gamma films because of uh, the video I did about 
when Gamera was better than Godzilla, which is basically a film going over, comparing what Gamera is doing at the time with Godzilla, which as much as I love the Heisei films, the Gamera films blow them out of the water when it comes to almost everything. Oh, yeah. Uh, I love the Heisei Godzilla series. I'll defend it to the day I die. But those three Gamera films are are excellent. Yeah, and on a a fraction of the budget that the Heisei films did. I know, and they look so much better. (laughs) I know. It just shows you that talent is so so important when it comes to more so the money. To a certain extent, obviously, if you don't have any money, there's only so much you can do. But, you know, if you don't cross a certain threshold, talent gets you a long way. Yeah. Um, so, I, you know, I think we're coming coming up to the end to the end here, honestly. Um, but I did want to ask, how, how do you engage in fandom right now? Do you have any sort of echo chambers? Do you have anything? Because you're not you're not really you don't really you talk about you don't really have a presence on twitter so much so um do you have like friends or 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 message boards of your own or tw- uh, little 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 chats that you have to s- discuss this sort of thing um i i have uh i try to engage with my uh youtube uh, subscribers a bit like i stream uh as much as i can uh and so anybody that wants to engage me there they can mm-hmm and then on Twitter, I do engage with people to a certain extent. It's just not usually super personable. It's more just kind of on a broader scope, like people just kind of talking in generalities about like what's going on, you know, like Godzilla's single point right now. Like maybe I'll have some discussions about that every once in a while. But just because I, I, I don't spend that much time on social media, it, it doesn't, I can't say that I'm ga- engaged with it like a lot but mm-hmm. you know i i dabble in it and i i talk to people every once in a while and i have a few people that i consider my consider them to be like internet friends that i'll talk to okay well that, that's good because you know i i i'd hate to think of you as just some dude who makes youtube videos and pieces out no i don't go that far no i don't and i do like read the comments and stuff like that and do respond because i i know people like to, that feeling of knowing that they're being listened to like i'm not just making videos and then like leaving like i know like i want people to feel like that actually care about the fact that they're watching my videos so i do respond when i can um obviously some videos there are a lot of comments so i can't respond to all of them but you know Mm -hmm. the ones that i that stand out to me i'll respond or people have questions you know like um where can i get this movie or like um what do you think of this? And, you know, I'll shoot a, a quick message and, and say, oh, and give them my opinion real quick. And right. especially when people leave really nice comments, I feel like um, they deserve to at the very least get a like or something like that, just so that they know that, yeah, I'm I'm paying attention and I appreciate that they're engaged with my content. Yeah. For example, I messaged you about the Dimogen, uh box set, whether or not I should pre-order it. Yeah. And, uh, and I would say uh, yes if it looks interesting to you, because which I think it is. But I yeah, I watched your I watched your videos. It does look really interesting. And now there's that new there's that what is it the Great Yokai War coming out that's got Diamogen yeah, in I, it. I, I saw I saw vague rumblings on Twitter about the return of Diamogen. I'm like, what? I never heard of any, anything. Yeah, and I, I watched I the trailer. It, I looked into it. And I just didn't find anything. I guess I didn't Google right. I just googled like Diamogen. It's just and then looked at the news tab to see if there's anything like appearing. I guess I didn't do a good enough job. Yeah, it's um the Great Yokai War: Colon Guardian. 
I believe it's what it's called. It's a new Japanese movie coming out from a sequel that came out in 2005. So uh, is it officially part of like the Diamond series or is it just like incorporating him? The way my friend, because my friend did more research on it than I did, the way it's the way he described it is that Diamond is the equivalent to the Iron Giant in Ready Player One. Okay. So he's going to pop up. Uh, so he's going to pop briefly up at the end. Which yeah. he usually does. That's the structure of the Diamond films. Is he's a no show until the last twenty minutes, and then he absolutely wrecks house, and it's awesome. Yeah, I uh, that's, yeah, that sounds great. I can't wait to watch them, honestly. But so like the Yokai War is apparently like this this Ready Player One, but for like spiritual uh, mythology in Japan. Um, so he's combining a bunch of like the Monkey King, Daimajin, uh, Dragon stuff, all sorts of different mythology. So when you say it's like Ready Player One, is it literally like a virtual reality type thing or is it just... I don't think it's virtual reality. I think it's... I The way the trailer says, and this, the trailer's not subtitled, so I honestly don't know what it's, what it's about. It looks like it's a kid's imagination or a kid is saving the world from something. I don't know. So like uh, All Monsters Attack. It's... Yeah. It's like in his head. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, I'll, I'll send you the trailer. I, I have it saved. I'll send you the trailer through uh, Twitter. Okay. Yeah. I'll Maybe you can out. make more sense of it. I don't know if you ever heard there actually was a Diamond in like TV series too. Um, oh, I didn't. Yeah, I cannot remember the name of it off the top of my head. It wasn't just called Diamond; it was called something else. It dealt with. I watched one or two episodes of it because it does deal with demons, yokai, and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and like the main character is like an aspiring singer because one of the tropes of, or the trope of Diamond is that he's awakened by the priestess of the village that's being assaulted by a tyrant or something and so when mm-hmm. she like someone prays Diamond awakens and he you know wreaks havoc on uh the perpetrators of the violence on the on the village and so this series is about like a wannabe pop singer and i didn't get far enough in it cause, but she has some connection to Diamond. so she, yeah that's the best way i can describe it because i really don't remember that much it didn't really hold my interest to be honest because sure. it's so different from the movies it has nothing to do with them it's like damage in a name only he hasn't appeared he didn't appear in the two episodes i watched <laughs> that's such a bummer he's, the, he's in the name yeah it was just I... weird 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 like drama with guys in like pale makeup being demons and stuff it's just weird <laughs> i uh i like the so my one of my favorite tropes is like um <clears throat> Uh, period piece uh, action adventure films. So like Indiana Jones, Wonder Woman, Kong, Skull Island are like things I adore. Um, and then when I saw the review for Diamogen, your review for Diamogen, and it was, uh, was 1960s or something? Yeah, 60 something. I can't remember off the top of my head. But it's feudal Japan and it's a kaiju. I was like, oh, okay. That seems really interesting. Yeah, that it's so, it's just really unique like combining period like samurai drama with like a giant statue which i mean i guess whether he's a kaiju or not he's a giant strange thing so i guess i'd call him a kaiju but it's not a traditional kaiju it's not like a monster it's a statue that comes to life when that got that their god enters and brings to life and everything i mean i'd call it a kaiju yeah it's simple i always call it a kaiju yeah. It also is super unique, like the idea. I don't know when this podcast became pitching Diamogen, but that's fine. Um, the, it's super unique the idea that like no other kaiju films in Japan that I'm aware of 
did something like that where they go to the far past and they did a they did a monster movie that way. Yeah, and then another thing that's great about it is the score is done by Akira Fukube. So oh, great. you got a great score to go with it too. Like the Diamond and Main theme is like so powerful. Like that along with the great special effects and the sound design is so good too. Like his stepping sounds so heavy. Like yeah. it's some of the best. Like it sells the weight of this giant thing better than a lot of the stuff uh back then. It's just, it's such a such a shame that like Dae couldn't get Gamera to keep going after the nineties. I mean they got they had yeah. something, you know? I feel like they still could too. Like I feel like I don't I don't know are they intentionally plugging their ears? Like I feel like there's enough demand at this point. Do you do you remember in two thousand and I think fifteen there was that proof of concept video they yeah. released at Comic Con? That looked awesome and then nothing came of yeah. that. Yeah. And people were like, Is this the next camera? It's like, well it should be. Just make this. People will yeah. watch it. It's awesome. But even they were like, It it might be. Stay tuned. Okay, it's been and six then... years. Can we <laughs> I know it's so frustrating. I really desperately want another Gamera film. Yeah. A- anyway, I could talk kaiju all day long, um, but I believe that's really all I have for you as far as um, as far as this podcast goes. Um, I really appreciate you doing this, man. I, like I said, I'm a, I'm a huge fan uh, of your of your YouTube channel, and I, I look forward to more videos. I know you said you're taking a break, uh, but I look forward to more videos coming to that channel. Um, I did have one more question, though. You said you have other interests, and you've mentioned Mass Effect, you've mentioned Rick and Morty and Dragon Ball Z. What other things are you into? What other fandoms are you into? Um, uh, the Alien, Alien and Predator, uh, Alien especially, like the first film, Alien, is my favorite movie of all time. Is it? Uh, wow. Yes. Uh, um, I studied it for film class in college. Uh, I, I guess I used to know the making of it by, like. It was in my head because I mm-hmm. watched the making of so much. Like I know the behind the scenes of like how it was conceived and everything. It's just one of those movies that really inspired me. Um, I saw it when I was far too young. Uh, <laughs> and I mean, seeing things when I was far too young is the reason why I like monsters so much. So I can't. Jurassic uh, Park. I saw yes. Jurassic Park in theaters when I was three years old. Me too. <laughs> <laughs> I was a little older, but yeah, it scared the crap out of me, but I loved it. <laughs> Yeah, I couldn't believe my parents took me to see that. So, like, there you go. It's their fault. I like monsters because of them. Yeah, my parents took me to see it twice, and I had to be taken out of theaters both times. Oh, uh, man. But I didn't care because I love dinosaurs so much. I was willing to be afraid. Yeah. Jurassic, Jurassic Park is one for sure. I just was seeing today a bunch of new stuff for the next Jurassic Park has just came out today. Yeah. Um, actually, sounds interesting because I wasn't the biggest fan of the last one. Oh, that was uh, I. Yeah, I felt like it was a rehash of the Lost World for the first half, and then the second half was just, I don't know, stuff in a mansion. I, I don't know. Yeah. Did you watch the TV show, Camp Cretaceous? Uh, I have not. I don't, to, to be honest, the look of it kind of turned me off. And I know people were saying good things about it, but it just looks very kitty, and it's yeah. just not really my thing. I'll admit it to be skewing to a more younger audience, but I really enjoyed it. And I think it's probably the best thing to come out of the Jurassic Park franchise, at least since Jurassic Park three. Um, I would recommend it if you can get past some of the misgivings, but I totally get like, if it's not your, if it's not your fair, it's not your fair. Yeah. And you know what? That's even if it is for kids, I like, I'm fine. Cause if I was a kid and this show came out, I would want to watch it. So oh, yeah. I think, yeah. Appealing to kids is great because you know, that's how you keep, you create adults that will watch Jurassic Park stuff. You know, as somebody who's a kid who loved Jurassic Park, breathed Jurassic Park, 
um, I am all for stuff like this existing. So I would have killed for a show like Camp Cretaceous when I was a kid. Yeah, there's there's no there's no TV Jurassic Park TV series. When we were kids. No, so we only had the movies. That was it. Um, as far as other things I'm interested in, uh, Game of Thrones, big Game of Thrones uh, guy. Looking forward to the prequel. Nice. Um, I think that covers the the major ones. There's other the stuff, big, the big ones, right? Yeah, I can't come up with them off the top of my head. I, I I like to call that an every nerd. You know, you've got your big things, and then you kind of like branch off into the smaller things from there, and um, you just kind of like a bit of everything. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, okay, man. I really appreciate you doing this. That's really all I got for you, though. Um, uh, like I said, I could probably chat with you about kaiju all day long, um, but. I can't. Uh, I I can't keep your time like that. Right. Well, I appreciate the uh, discussion. Uh, I it was very enjoyable. Thanks for Great. having me on. Um, at the end of the show, though, I'd like to give people the opportunity to pitch uh, their their shows, their whatever they got going on. Um, so anything you'd like to pitch at the end, just go right ahead. Uh, the only thing I got is uh, my YouTube channel. Uh, up, it's called Up from the Depths. If you just search for that on YouTube, it should be the first one to pop up. If you're interested in anything like monster related kaiju related godzilla stuff uh you can check that out awesome uh okay well uh i'll let my past my future self uh play us out so again let me just say thank you again and uh uh yeah thank you and once again thank you so much brandon jacobs uh from the up from the depths youtube channel for coming on the show and discussing fandom with me um i had a great time and i hope you did too uh like i say every week I, I want this to be a good time for people um so yeah i mentioned last week i'm running out of episodes that is still true but i'm getting back into recording guys i'm so excited to finally get kind of get into the swing of things things still are rough over at my over at my neck of the woods but you know it's refreshing to finally be able to talk to podcasters again um so more content coming soon as always i'm not gonna i'm gonna keep going as long as i can keep recording interviews like i said up top you can check out his youtube channel up from the depths there's tons of great video content on there i recommend his gamera series his Diamogen series his godzilla series his everything i find him to be a really great reviewer a really nuanced reviewer who, who comes at things in a way i didn't expect um i highly recommend his channel guys uh, it's linked below um check it out subscribe Throw him a subscribe. Tell him you sent. Tell him I sent you, or don't. Doesn't matter to me. But now this is the part of the show where I have to plug my stuff, guys. I'm so sorry to do this to you once again. Um, but here we are once again, coming to the end of an episode where you have to hear all about everything going on in the Fake Nerd Podcast family of podcasts. Um, of course, there's the Fake Nerd Podcast. Last week we just reviewed Jungle Cruise. Brick uh, roll, Rick Rollick, and good time. I think that's the term um of an adventure movie from disney uh this week we're recording the suicide squad and at the time of this recording i have not seen it yet but by the time this is out i will have also not seen this because this is actually going out on time yay me there's also our fake nerds watch series which is our youtube channel uh which is on our youtube channel which is linked below as well our fake nerds watch series the fake nerd podcast is audio i forgot to mention that it's audio and visual uh, there are live streams uh, for live recordings, I call them, on Sunday nights. So check them out if you're so inclined. But of course, there's the Fick Nerds Watch series where we talk about a TV show episode by episode. There is 
more fake nerd watch coming it is on a bit of a hiatus as we as we wait for what if and star trek lower decks to start those are our next two um shows that we are going to be doing on the fake nerds watch channel and then there is the fake nerd book club which we're discussing it coming back soon uh schedules are difficult right now but stay tuned hopefully news on that one there's basement arcade which more basement arcade is coming um we recorded episodes well they recorded episodes and we will record more so stay tuned for that basement arcade pause menu there's actually a very funny story about basement arcade pause menu uh coming up in this latest episode that ben recorded i accidentally interrupted their recording once again ben i'm so sorry i know you listen to this and uh there is of course animation station which is our freshman show um where we talk about animation uh ben magnet and myself uh over there talked about um transformers war for cybertron uh earthrise and we will talk about transformers war for cybertron kingdom coming soon we just have to coordinate when that episode will be recorded and then dropped of course so there's tons of stuff coming uh from the figner family from the figner podcast family up podcast i also finally discussed my new project called consult cast um, on a live stream for a charity event that i did with invest in yourself with, with phil better who was my first uh my first guest on this show this is a new show i'm going to be doing uh where i basically consult with podcasters um and help new podcasters get started where to get started all sorts of things i'm really excited about this endeavor um it is kind of a business but i'm not i don't put all my bags all my <laughs> eggs in one basket i have many baskets that i put many eggs in so that's just another project that i'm working on uh behind the scenes and, you know at this point just stay tuned for when it's going to drop if you have a geek-centered, nerd-centered, fandom-centered podcast of any kind, and I'm talking fandom in the broadest sense. If you're in a fandom that I've never heard of, sports, religion, tiki, wrestling, anything, um, and you have a podcast about it, come on. Email me, fakenerdguys at gmail.com. I'd love to talk to you, get you on the show. Let's do it, guys. Other than that, you can get a hold of me on my, all the social medias at BT McClure on Instagram and Twitter. The Fakner Podcast social medias or just Fakner Podcast everywhere. Make sure to subscribe to this. Uh, make sure to hit the subscribe button uh, wherever you listen to your podcasts and uh, leave a review. I'd love a review, a uh, five star review, preferably. I'll take anything. Um, and really, that's it. I'm wherever you can listen to podcasts. And uh, yeah, next week, uh, Ben Magnet, as I mentioned up top, Ben Magnet, my, my co host on the Fakner Podcast, is coming on. Um, I'm working my way through the Fake Nerd Podcast, boys. Uh, Ryan will be in a couple of episodes uh, if we can schedule that. Um, I like to space out my co-hosts because, you know, they're easy gets. I want to get the hard guys. I want to get the people who are going to tell me no first. I'm a little out of breath. But yes, Ben Magnet from the Fake Nerd Podcast will be next week. Uh, should that episode go out on time? I hope it will. There's some things happening next week that will that might delay the episode. Fair warning. All right, until next time. Stay true to the fan and you.